Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Friday, and you know what that means. I'm bringing you another collector with insight, knowledge, and a whole lot of passion. I got my man, Drake. You can find him on IG, at Drake's PC. Are you following him already? If not, what are you doing? Go smash that follow button. Get that guy's audience up. He's collecting the same stuff I'm collecting, and I love interacting with him day-to-day. In this conversation, we're going to talk about competing, sharing information with other people in the hobby, had a ton of fun with this one. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit that subscribe button. Follow me across all that social media, all righty? Stacking slabs. Hit that follow button on me. Come on. Tell a damn friend about the show. All right. Without further ado, happy freaking Friday. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show, the Friday show, the show where I bring on someone from the hobby to talk about a topic that I'm interested in uh, debriefing on and hopefully can help you out. I've got a good buddy, a guy I communicate with, I think second time on the show, uh, my man Drake, Drake's PC. You know him on IG, Peyton Bangers and some wrestling cards, two lanes that I operate in. And um, we're going to get into that um, a little bit, but without further ado, Drake, how are you? I'm fantastic, Brett. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be on again. And, you know, as they say, it's Friday. You know what that means. (laughs) It is. Friday, and you know what that means for all you wrestling degenerates out there. Um, you'll understand that. I think, like, one of the places I wanted to start, and just to let the audience know, we all collect many different segments, we collect different things in the hobby, and you find individuals who kind of collect in your lanes. And I think the power of the hobby is being able to communicate with them, bounce ideas off of. Well, I have found someone who collects in a majority of the lanes that I operate in, and that's Drake. Drake is a really passionate Peyton Manning collector. You all know I collect Peyton. Drake is a really passionate wrestling card collector. You know I collect wrestling cards. And so it's been fun over the last you know year or so, really chopping up deals, passing off links, and just try- trying to like bounce ideas off of someone else. So I think like that's the backdrop for this conversation. Um, and we're going to get into just some ways to operate. Um, but before we do, I think one of the places I want to start is just like we, I think we have a connection with our collecting is because we both kind of collect based off nostalgia, which I think is fun. And many people do out there. Um, one of those places is wrestling. Like I mentioned, um, I know last time you came on, I think we didn't get a chance to get into it a little bit, but like you're a wrestling guy. I'm a wrestling guy. I know you've got some stories that might help shape conversation of like why you spend hundreds, thousands of dollars on wrestling cards today. But maybe we start with um, some stories on the wrestling front that can kind of set the tone for this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got, got all kinds of wrestling stories. You know, when you grow up in Memphis, um, it's, wrestling's in your blood. So you're at the Mid-South Coliseum on Monday nights, you're at the 
Channel 5 studios on, uh, you know, Saturday mornings. And you get to see everybody before they were real big superstars and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, just a few stories that stand out. So, you know, it's not, it's pretty common knowledge. Jerry Lawler has been married multiple times. Um, and so uh, one of his previous wives is Paula Lawler. Well, Paula and my mom are friends, actually, um, through a mutual friend. And so their girl group and they hang out and all this kind of stuff. And I was home for Christmas one year while I was in college. And mom was talking to Paula and she still had a you know relationship with Jerry and all that knew I was a big wrestling fan and, you know, this, that, and the other. And they said, well, you know, w- would you like to meet Jerry for, for lunch? I'm like, heck yeah. You know, so he pulls up in his Cadillac and picks us up for lunch. And, uh, and so I went with him to lunch there in Memphis and we had a good lunch and he was in a feud on, on WWE with, uh, with William Regal at the time. And I'm asking him about the feud and, you know, this, that, and the other. And that sort of stuff. So we're just talking and chopping it up. It was a Friday night, I think. And that night he had a uh, match at, at a place in Memphis against Gangrel. And he's like, hey, uh, would you like to be my manager for the night? And I'm like, heck yeah. You know, so not only did I get to have lunch with Jerry that day, that night also went to go and hang out in the back. And, you know, there's Gangrel, Lawler, Jerry Lynn was there. And, you know, a bunch of guys that only the deep, deep wrestling guys would know were out there. And so, you know, I got to go out there and assist in the match and say that I got to manage the King, um, which is pretty cool. So that's the first experience that jumps out for sure. So that's a hell of a story. Obviously, Jerry, the King Lawler legend was not expecting gang grail to be part of your story. A gang grail story that I have is that Gang Grail just used to has been this like character that has been a part of like conversations with my wrestling friends forever. And so like two years ago, I thought it'd be funny to pay Gang Grail 50 bucks to do a cameo on my buddy's birthday. I could send a, <laughs> a cameo of Gang Grail. And he was like, fantastic, like way over the top. Fantastic. I'd heard a lot of people just, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. People are like, man, Gang Grail is like the best dude ever. So that's awesome. I've, I've heard nothing but great, uh, great things about Gangrel. You might have to change your shirt after you're around ringside because he might be spitting up blood or giving you a blood. But did you get a bloodbath that night, Drake? There was a bloodbath, but fortunately, I was not part of the bloodbath. <laughs> oh, man. What, okay, so you got Jerry Lawler, Gangrel. Can you top it? Like, do you have another one that can top it? Oh, gosh, story. So, you know, I mean, I've... I've um travel around and stuff. You see lots of people. There was one day when, when my mom went on a trip to um, Europe and she's coming back and I was in, in the bathroom at the Memphis airport and I'm just, you know, standing at the urinal and all of a sudden I look over and there's Shawn Michaels right next to me at the urinal, you know, and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> kind of an awkward conversation. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. You see it, you see a bunch of those. There was one, one day in July, I'd gone to Monday Nitro. Um, I think it was in 97. Um, Monday Nitro was on that Monday. And then my grandmother was taking me on a trip out to the Grand Canyon in Arizona. And we go get on the plane Tuesday morning to go from Memphis to Dallas. And I walk through first class and like there's Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and like name all the big stars and, you know, uh, all the guys in like the NWO and Conan and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, they were all on the plane, you know, so my mouth drops and I'm walking around and just get autographs and taking pictures and all that kind of stuff. So that was a, that was a pretty unique experience, you know. Those airport moments are always fun, especially like Memphis. There's such history with the the territory, like you mentioned. Wrestling's just part of it, the culture down there. So 
I think, you, you know, you've been a lifelong fan. I've been a lifelong fan. I guess when you got back into the hobby, did you like out of the gates were you when you started collecting and buying things, did you associate uh, your fandom with wrestling to cards or did it take a while for you to start like really digging in and understanding that there are wrestling cards out there and here are the types that I want to start collecting? Yeah. So it, it, it did take me a little while, probably I'll say six to seven months um, really to reassociate um, that, that because, you know, it was weird going, growing up in Memphis. And I actually asked the guy that still owns the hobby shop that I went to when I was a kid, you know, I said, did you ever have wrestling cards when I was, you know, when I was growing up and I just didn't know about them or whatever. And he said, no, that he didn't carry the wrestling cards or anything like that. So there were multiple hobby shops I went to and I never remember seeing wrestling cards. And so it just wasn't on my radar. But like I said, you would go to the events and have the programs and get people to sign the programs and you would get memorabilia. I remember there was a guy that had a shop and he had uh, you know, a singlet from Kurt Angle that was signed and some other tights from, you know, different wrestlers, but there were never any cards or anything like that. And so um, I think as I got back into the hobby and uh, I want to say it was David Peck, maybe he was on the Luca Tiger Braun podcast and he starts talking about wrestling cards and I'm like, wrestling cards. So then you start going down that rabbit hole and, you know, here we are a year and a half later. And yeah, here we are. Here we are. And yeah, big news. Uh, yes. Seems like everything in the hobby goes by so quickly. I think it was, la- it was last week. Um, you know, there's a news of, uh, Panini picking up the WWE license. So you're going to get WWE Prism. It's going to be available um, before WrestleMania, which um, we know the impact the Prism brand has on the hobby from, you know, breakers to pulling in new people. Um, I'm not going to go out and say that wrestling cards are going to be one of the top segments when this happens overnight. But I have felt steady momentum around wrestling cards in general over the last six months. Uh, more people are talking about it. I'm getting more questions in my DMs. Um, have you uh, felt the similar, like, not necessarily like the crowd swell and like things are like moving 3X, 4X overnight, but it just feels like there's more people that are interested at this point. Do you feel that way? Yes, 100%. You know, you post a wrestling card on your Instagram page and people are commenting and I've gotten several direct messages from people, you know, saying, hey, that's cool. I'd like to get into wrestling cards. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Um, Can you direct me where to go? So I think just, you know, I get a lot more of that than when you post a Peyton Manning card. It's like most people know who Peyton Manning is. They know what cards to collect, um, regardless of if they're a collector or not. But I think there's a a uh, curiosity there around wrestling and wrestling cards and what to go after and things like that. So there's, it, it's, it's definitely picked up lately for sure. And, and I, and, uh, I think I try to like, think about it. It's hard for me because I think in you're in the same boat. It's like, we've watched wrestling our entire lives. Like we still watch modern product and we, I would say there is a community of people who are really deep in wrestling cards and I would associate both of us involved in that group. But I think, you know, if you look at just, if you go to a card show and you're walking around the card show and someone's got a case of 82 all-stars and you're walking around and you, you maybe were a former wrestling fan and you 
turn the corner and you see those like 82 all-stars or whatever wrestling cards they are, like, that's going to kind of stop you in your tracks and you're going to look at them. And I think like it, a moment of like nostalgia hits people where it's like a pattern interrupt. It's like, Hey, this is different than everything else that I'm used to seeing on my feed that other people are sharing. Like I haven't seen this stuff. And not only have I not seen this stuff, but like it kind of brings me back to my childhood. And I think that's pretty powerful. And I feel like you and I have a similar connection on let's, I don't care what everyone else is saying or doing right now. Like I want to buy these cards because like I have a deep connection with it and a deep conviction with it. Like how important has that been to you pre people coming into like wrestling cards or any other segments? Like how important do you think that is to like have that connection and conviction regardless of like what the hobby headlines say? Yep. Definitely. It's, um, you know, just to go back to your point around walking around a card show and stuff. I think that's what I felt at the national and then some other card shows I've been to. You walk around and you're just seeing the same old stuff, you know, and then it's selling and it's moving well and all that kind of stuff. But I think as I've gotten deeper and back into the hobby more, uh, like you mentioned, you, you kind of don't want to do what everybody else is doing. And it feels good to say, well, I'm not buying this player or this card because I think it's going to increase in value. I'm buying this because, like you said, there's a connection there. And, you know, when I look at The Rock, I think about seeing him at a used car dealership in Memphis as Flex Cavana, you know, and not really knowing what he's going to be. Um, those flea market matches, you know, seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin walk out as the ringmaster, um, you know, and you just, you see that stuff and it takes you back to those times and experiences. And like I said, I was down at the Coliseum every Monday night with my dad. And so it just makes you think about those experiences with your dad. and you know, growing up with your buddies and your friends and going, going to all those events. And, you know, it just, um, the, the, the nostalgia hits big, but it's also, Hey, I'm doing something that not everybody else is doing. And I'm not doing it because I think that they're going to increase in value or, you know, whatever the case may be sure that that's great on one end, if you're wanting to sell them, but I don't buy wrestling cards because I intend to sell them. Yeah. And so I think, um, on that point, and we can maybe get into a specific example of, I, I don't, I'm sure there are people out there, but I would <laughs> not as much as you and I, when 2021 tops Chrome came out, WWE, you and I sat there and we both collect the rock and we both collect a bunch of other similar uh, type wrestlers. You and I like were picking off these cards as they were getting listed for the first time. And I'm sure like we might've paid more for some cards and maybe we got deals on other cards. But like, I don't, I don't know of too many other people that were spending the type of money that we were spending on those cards. And, but you like, we, but like, I can't speak for you and I'd love your comment, but like, my intention is like, I don't, I'm not selling these cards. I just like, I want to, they're, I know they're in good condition. They just came out of packs. I know they're serial numbered and short printed. I know eventually I will get these cards graded. And when I get these cards graded, it'll help increase the value and they'll look nice in my collection over time and fit in with a bunch of other wrestling cards that I have. That was my mindset as I was making these buys, um, but maybe talk to your experience on just like the Chrome buys you made just right out of the gates. And also we have to talk about the card and we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll I'll blame you for my Chrome buys right out the gate because I knew the product was coming out and I knew that it looked really nice. But when you ripped open your two boxes on IG Live, I'm like, these cars are unbelievable, right? 
you know, you've got the, the great chromium product and then you've got factor in gold refractors and the five timers club, the insert, which looks like a poster. Um, it's just beautiful. And then, you, you know, you, you see the gold refractors out of 50 and the black out of 10. And, you know, you can't beat an on-card auto, you know, from that stuff, from some of these, some of these folks in the game that are coming up and then even some legends, right. You know, like a Trish Stratus or a Booker T or a Ray Mysterio throwing that 619 on there. And so, you know, immediately after that, that the, the, you broke those boxes, I jump on eBay and I'm just been, been, been <laughs> over and over. The mail lady walked up. I think she had to, she had to get a bigger truck that day for all the, all the stuff we bought, but it was just, you know, it just, it hit huge. And then it was, you know, seeing the quality of the cards and, you know, like you said, you know, they're in good condition. And then the great thing was, was you could buy a, a card off, off a seller and then you message them and say, Hey, I'm looking for so-and-so. And they would say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking another case tomorrow. And then they would shoot you a message and say, Hey, I got this, 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 this. And then you bought those too. And so that's been, that's been a lot of fun. I think that speaks to the community aspect of it where certain people only collect certain wrestlers. You know, it's not like everybody's all, all trying to get the rock, right? Because they think he's going to go up in value or whatever the case may be. Um, some people don't like the rock and you say, Hey, I'm looking for a rock card. And they're like, sure. You, you know, I have this rock and I'll sell it to you or trade it to you or whatever. Yeah. And I think, uh, so we maybe were both our own worst enemy. Cause I, I broke the product. I hit my intention was I'm going to break one. And then everyone in the chat was having a blast. They're like, break the other one, do it. And I was like, all right. And then I pulled, uh, Alexa. The gold Alexa Bliss uh, auto. And I was like, that's a banger card. I like Bliss. Most people like Bliss. Her collector community is absolutely insane. So I was like, this card's not only valuable, but like, I'm going to keep this just because it's a cool card. And then I knew like excitement from you, excitement from other people where I was planning to buy some singles, but I ended up like, my collector gene came out and is like, okay, well, if I'm buying this green rock, then if the orange rock comes up, I have to buy it. And I think that was the fun part. And it's, it's sad in a way because I think this Topps Chrome product is fantastic. And I would highly recommend anyone listening, like if you want an affordable rip and you want to just introduce yourself to wrestling cards, like go check it out. But to me, like the five timers club insert, you touched on it is one of the my favorite wrestling card inserts of all time. I, I think you probably can agree with it based on some of the purchases <laughs> you've made, but what, what is it, what is it about that insert that you connect with? Yeah, I think the thing is it connects, it, it all goes back to nostalgia. And so, you know, for someone to be a five timer, they have to have been successful. Right. And so while, while wrestling, the outcomes are predicted and they know who wins and loses going in. Um, it certainly takes a certain type of performer you know, to really get into that position where they're a five timer of anything. Right. Um, and so when you, when you just look at the card and you see a Trish Stratus or a rock or a Ric Flair, or Booker T or Rey Mysterio, um, you know, that kind of stuff, it just screams like this person was great at their craft. They were great at what they did. And so the opportunity to own a card that's just a cool looking card um, where in some cases they've signed it or, you know, it's a gold out of 50 or a black out of 10 or a red out of five. It just screams like, Hey, this is a card that I want to have in my collection. Absolutely. And so I think like to call out, so Drake and I obviously were both viciously, I would say in a friendly and probably in a little bit of a competitive way, 
I was like in bed, like refreshing my listings. I was like falling asleep with my hand on my phone. That's how big of a degenerate I was. The advantage of knowing someone else is going after similar cars as you is like, we were able to share information. Like in our DMs, it was like, okay, I bought this. I bought it for this. Like um, this is around a good price. Or like if you were the first to like set a price, you'd say like, what do you think about this? And we were able to give feedback um, just regarding like those cards and them being new cards. Like how important do you think that is in wrestling, in Peyton and other cards uh, to have like a community of people just to like bounce ideas off of? Oh yeah. It's huge. You know, because you, you have people that collect the same thing. And so, you know, okay, here's, you know, for me, if I want to spend X amount on a card, is there somebody else that would want to spend that amount of money too? Because while every card is a PC and a coffin card, as you've coined and long-term hold, eventually, you know, you're probably going to not keep everything. And so it's good to know that, Hey, bounce something off. Like, Hey, I, I like this. What do you think about it? You know, and I think as I've told you, I'm like, okay, here's what I like about this card. I like, you know, for take Ray Mysterio, right? It's a, out of 50. He signed it. He's got the 619 inscription. You don't see that all the time. It's a first year of the insert. It's going to be the only year of the insert. And I'm like, talk me out of this card, right? Tell me why I shouldn't buy it. And, uh, you know, you're like, I can't do it. <laughs> and so I say, well, that's good enough for me, right? And so it's great to have somebody you can bounce that off of to say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking, you know, tell me why I shouldn't do it. And sometimes there's cases where somebody will tell you that like, Hey, you know, I don't think it's a good buy. I think you should wait on this. You know, price may come down or I've looked at it. It's got a refractor line or a soft corner or something like that. And so it's always great to have a community of people that you can bounce things off. Yeah. And this by no means is I want to get people to go out and make these purchases. In fact, I'd rather you just stay away. However, for the sake of the conversation, I think it's important. Just I think one thing that you and I focus in on a lot is not everyone, but you and I like parallel rock cards because we both love the rock and like there's a scarcity component, right? Like you, there's only so much they're cooler than some of the other cards that have been hyped up in the past. Like we both, I think, see long-term value in, in having as many cool, shiny parallel rock cards as we can. So you and I both, you probably, I'll kind of point in your direction. You probably have spent maybe a little bit more money than me, but we both spent a lot of money on the rock parallels over the you know, last six months. You got a Bad, the card, I would say, in my opinion, out of the whole Topps Chrome WWE 2021 product, if I could pick one card, you possess that card, which I think is awesome. I'm pumped for you. Um, but maybe talk a little bit about that card, the process and mentality. Like, first, share what the card is, the process and mentality you went through, and just like how you ended up landing it. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, so the card is the Rock Five Timers Club, as we've mentioned, the Super Fractor, uh, one of one. So it'll obviously be the Rock's last Topps Chrome Super Fractor. And again, it's the Five Timers Club. And, you know, he's got Super Fractors from the 14, 15, and the 20 product, but he doesn't really have a base card in 21. So it's the Five five Timers Club. And you, you had actually sent it to me on Twitter um, because someone had pulled it. And, and that's why I said, well, what are they asking? And the price was really high. 
And, you know, you and I kind of said, well, if it was signed, I might pay that or, you know, unsigned, I would probably pay this. Right. And um, so some time went by and, you know, we were still chatting about it and stuff. And then I saw it pop up on eBay. Um, and it was actually last, was it last weekend? And I saw it pop up and I'm like, you know, like, there it is. I've got to find some way to make it happen. And so I uh, messaged the seller and we were kind of back and forth and he, he knew I collected the rock. And just like I said, he's not a big rock collector. And so he was willing to let it go, you know, at a, at a fair price for us both and uh, showed up first part of last week and I was excited to share it. And so, you know, it, it's funny how many rabbit holes you go down because, you know, first, first I got the gold and then I got the orange and now I've got the super, right? And so then you're going, okay, well, where's that black and that red, you know? And so you're just constantly, like you said, refreshing the eBay searches. You're reaching out to everybody, you know, looking at all the different forums and posts and you're just, you're trying to find that stuff. So, yeah. So if anybody's listening is out there and, <laughs> and knows of a five-timers club, uh, black or red refractor. Damn me. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Please, please feel free to, to to reach out to one of us. You know, so hopefully there's two. But you know, the one thing I'll say with Brett, he kind of has an unfair advantage having a brand new baby because he's up at odd hours of the night. I'm sure searching through eBay, you know. So either Brett's going to get it, or I just have to stay up 24 seven, which isn't going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's all good and fun. I will tell you, the original photo of that card did not. I don't know if I saw that someone screen grabbed. So the story for me is I saw it pop on Twitter. I DM the seller. And at the time I was not in the position to, I was like, I didn't want to negotiate at that point because the seller was way off of what I wanted to pay for it. Sent it to Drake. Then I saw it pop on, or someone sent me a screen grab of it on eBay. And then when I went to go look for it, it was gone. And I was like, it's got to be Drake. And then eventually Drake messaged me and found out it was him. And I was happy for him. Now, I will say this. The picture that I originally saw, I don't know if it was the same as eBay, did not do that card justice. And when you sent me the picture, I was like, holy shit, I wish I would have bought this card. So, like, did you feel the same way? Oh yeah. I mean, I was the same way it, it, it came in and I, I unboxed it and I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this card is unbelievable, you know? And I'm, I'm, there's a lot of times I don't show cards to my wife because she just rolls her eyes. And this one I showed to her and she's like, I, I like that. And that one's really cool, you know? And so yeah, it's a, it's one of those, you, you sit down and then you do something else, you know, get some work done and then you pull it back up and you look at it. So, you know, there's a little obsession with cardboard with, you know, a guy in, in some swim trunks, um, so to speak, um, you know, kind of looking at that, but it's a card I take out and I'll look at at least once a day. It's just a, it's just a sweet card. Totally. And I think, um, yeah, it, it, back to the knowing people who collect what you collect, it's, it's just the sharing of information and, uh, just moving off of, uh, wrestling cards and onto like the Peyton Manning card topic. you know, I've talked about our group chat and, on Peyton and just the the wealth of information that is shared there. And then, you know, we, I, I feel like I, when I see something that I really like and it's like a bin on eBay and it fits within my qualifier and lane, like I just want to like go smash bin. But then I also like feel like I need to kind of hold tight and ask people's opinions on like, what is a good comp for that card? So I just think like, 
on the Peyton Manning side of my collecting, like there's this awesome community and, and group out there. Like maybe Peyton is different from wrestling cards. However, maybe some of the same ways we communicate around like the different cards and what we're going after and sharing information is the same. Like, do you feel this the same way, even though we're kind of on both sides, do you feel like the Peyton people are similar to a, the wrestling people in a way of just like being helpful? Oh, for sure. I mean, our, our, our Manning group chat is really helpful and, you know, there's certain folks in there that I'll reach out to, you know, separately and sort of with the same thing, like we said with wrestling, I'll say, Hey, here's this card and here's the things I like about it. Tell me why I shouldn't buy it. Right. And uh, just lots of good information. And a lot of people know more about the cards than even I do. And there are certain cards that get posted in the group, right. That I, I see. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's kind of a cool card. I had never seen that before. Um, and so that sharing is, is, uh, is definitely neat to kind of bounce ideas off each other. Like you said, check different prices, um, you know, and just kind of check yourself to say, Hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking, you know, am I blinded by my love of Peyton? Because sometimes it can be tough when there's a player that you're just a super collector of and you have deep nostalgia and a deep connection with that player where sometimes you're, you know, you kind of sit there and you're looking at eBay and you're going, shoot, you know, I, as much as I like that, I'll just press Ben or I'll, you know, but you kind of have to watch yourself because you don't want to overextend yourself in anything, you know, but especially in cards and things like that. So it's, it's, it's fun to have that group to bounce things off of for sure. So I, I would say, and there's probably other people, somebody that is like a lone wolf who I don't know about because um, there's plenty of them out there. But I'm not sure too many people have been on like the Peyton run you have been on over the last six months. Like you have done some serious damage and gotten some significant cards. Do you want to maybe like talk through maybe any of like your your latest pickups, purchases and like the process and maybe the why you you got what you did on the Peyton side? I think people are always excited to hear like card specific content. And I feel like you've picked up some Peytons that are worthy of that airtime. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I guess I'll pull out a spoiler because I'll have the card in hand, but um, one of the cards that I recently acquired, I should have it uh, by the time this airs on Friday, I'll, I'll have the card and we'll have posted it or whatever. But um, as everybody knows, 2014 was the first year of Panini flawless uh, football. And, you know, I started going down that lane a while back. And as I mentioned, the last time I was on, on with Brett, you know, I'm, I first came to love Peyton when he was at Tennessee and then followed him with the Colts and the Broncos. And so my collection isn't just the Colts or not just Tennessee. I've got cards of all this time. And so as I got in and got more educated about flawless, I'm like, man, these cards are just cool looking. They've got a huge game worn patch and, you know, it's, it's signed and, and that whole sort of stuff. And so I first got a, um, a red out of 15 um, that was the patch auto. And it was a good price at the time. And then next thing you know, I saw a, a gold pop up. And so I was able to sell the red to move into the gold um, for actually, it ended up being a very similar price. And so I had the gold and I've been picking up some more Peyton Flawless and this, that, and the other. Well, I uh, saw a Peyton post, actually someone in our group posted in our group chat saying that uh, there was what the one of one, platinum one of one from 2014 Flawless Patch Auto. And as soon as I saw it, I immediately was like, I've got to figure out how to get this card. And that's what I do about a lot of cards, which is, again, going back to my previous comment, you kind of have to check yourself, right? So uh, Joey is in our group, the E-Trader, and I kind of talked to him and, you know, and he's like, yes, you need that card. And so I'm figuring <laughs> Joey, out. Joey, of course he said that. 
Oh, he always says yes. <laughs> I don't think he's ever told me, no, you don't need that. I'm like, Joey, you're costing me a lot of money. But um, but yeah, so so I just start figuring out, you know, how to get that. And so I, I messaged the seller and you know, kind of said, Hey, you know, what, what would you be willing to do on it? We finally agreed on a price that was fair because he knew, you know, that I was a, a huge collector of Peyton and all that. And so was able to actually work out a trade. Um, and so I went and got a whole bunch of cards together. It's cards that I loved and actually weren't even on my radar to, to sell, right? You know, you start looking at the names on the card. There was Brady and LeBron and, you know, Magic Bird, a rookie, some actually some Manning Flawless cards. So part of the trade was that gold 2014 Flawless Manning. Um, there was a 2015 Flawless that was in there as well, too. But, you know, you just see you see that card and you're saying, you know, that's his best card from the first year of Penny Flawless. I've got to find a way to have that in my collection. And so sometimes that means letting other Peyton cards, as great as they are, you got to let them go to get that. Yeah, we uh, we we finalized that yesterday um, and should have the card tomorrow, which will be Tuesday. So I'm excited to share that one with everyone. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's one of those cards you don't see pop up on eBay. So the fact that it was at a card show, and I think as I've learned, card shows are a lot of times where those rare cards come out. So you know, unfortunately, I don't live in an area where there's lots of card shows. Um, so I was glad to see this one was actually posted on Instagram and was able to make a deal for it. So, so do you, uh, amazing card. Uh, saw it before we jumped on. Do you want to maybe talk about like, I think one of the things a lot of people like to do, would like to do, but it maybe not, don't necessarily know how is like the approach in the scenario where like you can, you see some card posted somewhere and then you get into the, okay, well actually like I can trade and maybe just trade cards or maybe trade in cash. Like, and it doesn't, that doesn't need to necessarily just happen at shows. Like you made that happen online. So like, like what advice or like ways through that card or other experiences have you found that have worked to, to make something like that happen? So you're not just like having to dip in and take out whatever that card costs in, in straight cash to, to make the, the deal done? Yeah. So I'd say there's a few things. The first thing is, is that if someone has the card, you know, you might want to skim through their page and maybe they collect a certain player, right? And so, you know, say it's Tom Brady, for example, you may say, okay, well, I've got these Brady cards that you might want, right? Or if you know that the person who has the card you want is a dealer, right? They're probably going to be looking for more liquid cards that they can move faster. Um, so it really depends establishing, okay, is this person a collector or a dealer? If they're a dealer, they're probably looking for more liquid stuff. Collectors looking for more rare stuff. So once you've kind of learned that, then that background knowledge, then you want to agree on, okay, well, what kind of value are they looking for this card, right? And so that way you kind of know, okay, are we in the same ballpark in terms of value as far as what they think? Um, and so then once, once that's established, and again, it goes back to check with your group a little bit. If you've got a group chat or somebody that you trust, say, hey, this person is telling me, you know, this is, this is the price for this card. Is this reasonable? And so once you've done that, then you can reach out to that person and say, hey, you know, you've got X card that I want. Um, you know, would you be open to trade or cash trade or, you know, that sort of thing? And then you kind of start that back and forth. And then they'll probably ask, hey, you know, what, what what do you have for trade? And then that's when you can throw out whether it's, again, here's a bunch of liquid cards that are going to be easy for that person to move, or here's some collector's cards that the person might want. And then it's, um, you know, it's just a lot of, it's, it's a lot of back and forth. I found that some people 
it takes a little bit longer to you know do that. So my advice is just be patient with stuff. I mean, don't get upset with people or frustrated, you know, because not everyone replies back as quickly as you want. Sometimes, um, you know, fortunately in this case, it was a very quick and easy deal, you know, no issues, things like that. And I think it's always good to have relationships with people built as well too, you know? So while you may have not ever met that person in person before you've talked to them and then, you know, if they happen to come across something and that's happened to me where someone says, Hey, Drake, I was at the show and I found this card, you know, then they can connect you with that person. So I think that's part of the deal as well too. It's all, you know, as you speak about bread, it's, it's about developing relationships and building the community. Um, so that way, when that card does come up, you know, you've kind of got that background, you've got that education to be able to go in and make that deal um, where it works and where both sides are happy. I love it. And maybe digging in just one more question on that is the cards that you uh, ended up giving up, you said are were more liquid cards. Did you have those cards already priced out? Did you have to then go price them out? What did the uh, person on the other end, um, did you have to like lower the market value because if it was a trade, like talk a little bit about the deal mechanics there. Yeah. So it actually, um, so to answer your first question, I did not have the cards priced out. That's probably one area where I think I could improve upon from a hobby standpoint. I mean, I keep, so I use card ladder and that's how I keep track of the value of most of my cards, but a lot of my stuff is pretty rare and not liquid. And so Sometimes finding a value or finding a, a last comp can be kind of tough. But yeah, I'm, so I'm not really one who goes through and just updates the values of my collection all the time and this sort of stuff. So I'm in there and I'm looking at last comps and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, as part of the trade and, um, you know, I'll just give a shout out to Mike. I, I, he, he told me the value he wanted and I actually gave him that value in, in trade. And so it wasn't one of those deals where, hey, you know, it's, this amount in cash, but then if you want to do all trade, it's going to be this much more, right? It would have been the same same cash value versus trade value. So, you know, and, and I think that's something you've got to know going into as well too, because a, a lot of times people are going to want more in trade versus cash because once they get those cards, they're going to be the ones responsible for having to sell them and you know and kind of post those pictures or take them to a show or something like that. So I think you just you have to be reasonable with what the expectation is. Yeah. Uh, shout out Mike, shout out MC sports cards. We're going to have to get him on the pod because that's t- two weeks in a row. My unrehearsed that my uh, guests have uh, made deals with him and he's got a, he's got a good brand. People know him, people, he goes to shows and people get deals done with him. Um, so that's good to hear. Um, what are some of your, your other favorite recent Mannings that you purchased and why'd you buy them? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I've, I've kind of been building out with my Manning stuff is kind of like completing, I guess, some different color runs of things. So I think we talked about last time, right? You know, I was able to complete the Prism Gold run, you know, 2012 to 2015, Um, you know, got that done at the National. And uh, then I went sort of going down the select path, right? Because it's a lot easier with this Bronco stuff because it's only a four-year time span versus when you look at the Colts and it starts getting very wide and ranging and you know, as I've talked with you and others, you, you know, there's Topps Chrome, there's Topps Finest, there's Bowman Chrome, there's all different kinds of brands. So it's difficult and expensive to do that. So, you know, another thing is, you know, I talked about the first year of Select and that was 2013. And so he's got the Select and there weren't all the bazillion parallels like there are now in Select. Um, it was basically there, you know, there was the, the silver and there was the green and gold. Now there's a, a black 
you know, one of one out there that I've never seen. I'm not sure, not sure who has that one, but um, I was able recently to pick up um, the uh, green from uh, Sean Smoke 87 Sports Cards. Um, I'd gotten the gold from him at the national, so I was able to get the green from him as well. So that completed the silver, gold, green run of select. And I've got the, uh, you know, the same thing in 2014. Uh, select didn't, wasn't around in 2015. So that was a little bit shorter time span to get that stuff, um, you know, with, with the select thing. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now somewhat is if I have something where, um, you know, there's some different parallels, just trying to complete that type of stuff. And so, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm always looking for the gold refractors and, you know, that whole sort of thing. So that's been my, a lot of my other pickups. And then the other thing too, is I don't think like you can go wrong with early number stuff of Manny, right? So no, like at national, you got the multi-metal red out of uh, what's that, 25 or something like that. 25. Yeah. Yep. 25. And so I've been just finding stuff that, you know, is 99 and 2000, because I just think those 99 or, or late nineties inserts, early 2000 inserts are just really cool looking. You know, I picked up the Skybox, the bomb, um, you know, it's numbered out of 50. And um, I think that was their shining star rubies type thing. Um, you know, it was pretty inexpensive for the price and that all sort of stuff. So that's kind of some areas that I'm looking at too, is just those late nineties, uh, you know, inserts and parallels and things of that nature. I try to look at what's happening with basketball and uh, you look at what's happening and what's picked up with some of these inserts. And then you go look at the analog over in football and it's like, no one's after these, like they should be yet. And so I think a lot of man Manning's a very fun player to collect because he's obviously wide range of years. His rookie stuff is pretty nice with the, the flair and the le- legacy showcase stuff. So yeah, I think that's good feedback and advice. Um, now this is something like I get into. You've got Chrome, you've got Finest, you got Bowman with Manning, you got the parallels. Like, where do you draw the line? Do you just like say if it's gold, I'm going after it? Like, where do you draw the line? Do you have a line to be drawn? Like, what's your approach there? Yeah, you know, I've tried to I've tried to kind of pull back a little bit, right? Because there was a time there where I would see like, oh, you know, there's a blue prism and then there's a tie-dye, and then there's a, you know, you're like just ding ding ding, you're like a pinball machine just all over the place. So I've kind of kind of tried to pull the reins back a little bit, you know, and really stick to just like the reflect refractors, um, looking at the black refractors. Um, so I was able finally, you know, again, completing stuff. So I got O2 to 06 tops, Chrome, the black refractors. I've got that run now. Um, so I really stick to like gold, just the regular refractor. And then, then black, um, is kind of really what, what I'm trying to stick to mostly. Um, but gosh, it's, you know, sometimes something gets listed and you see it and you're just like, gotta have that. <laughs> What what about what about those reds? Those low low number reds. I never thought I'd be after the reds, and I'm like, oh, there's only five of them. I gotta go after this, you know. Oh, I know, I know. It, it's tough sometimes, and you know, I think you see a lot of that stuff, and you have to kind of talk yourself out of it. You're just like, man, there's just so many lanes that I can go down and stuff. And so I just look at it, and I just say, you know, is that a cool looking card? Like, why am I buying that card? Is it cool? Like, do I really like that card, or am I just buying it because it's got a low number on it? Um, and so I think you just have to ask yourself those questions. Yeah. Maybe we close it out and I'd love to give, give you the opportunity, maybe offer some advice to the the community out here listening. I talk about it a lot. I think you're an example of it is just be unique in what you collect because it's meaningful to you, right? It makes sense to your head and your heart. Like it's not necessarily what other people are posting. They're not a bunch of liquid cards, but like maybe share, like, how do you find the balance with, collecting stuff that is unique 
that you love and like the conviction that you have because you are it is money and you're we're spending a lot of money on these things like how do you find the balance of like taking your passion and going all in to what you love and kind of blocking out like what the rest of the market is telling you what to buy like how do you make sense of that and maybe advice you you have for the audience that you've dealt with over you know your course of collecting yeah you know i think it's um the conviction's huge and if you when i first got in the hobby you know returned to the hobby about 2 years ago now it was all you know everybody's going you know buy a lebron buy jordan buy luca you know and i kind of got sucked into that a little bit because it was you know i remember jumping back in and going on a and typing in google like what are the best sports cards to buy right now you know and fortunately a lot of those were turned out really well but you know whenever i looked at the card i'm like I mean, I like this car and I like this person, but I wasn't really a Michael Jordan fan growing up. You know, I respect what he did for the game. I wasn't a Tom Brady fan and all that kind of stuff. And so I think when the corner turned, it was, you know, when you turn the corner, you you looked at it and I'm like, Peyton Manning, right? I, I really liked him when he was at Tennessee and I watched him play and, you know, with the Colts and I watched. And so, I, you know, and now he's still around and you see him and it's just, it's so much easier and you get a lot more satisfaction whenever you're buying cards of a player that you collect and you're not sitting there going, Oh shoot, I bought this card. And now it, you know, I look on card ladder and it dropped in value today or oh, it went up and here's when I want to sell it and things like that. And there's a lot of people that do that. And that's, you know, that's great. Um, I think there's kind of two different lanes in the hobby. Some people, you know, use cards to fund their collections and I'm, I'm kind of different where, I just want to fun. I just want to buy cards that I want in my collection, and then if a a better card comes up, like I did with the recent you know trade I was talking about, then I'll use those cards to hopefully upgrade upgrade my collection. And so I think you you know just advice is figure out what lane you want to be in. It's sometimes tough to kind of bounce back and forth. I think you can bounce back and forth a little bit, but you know as others have said, you just it's you get a lot more satisfaction out of you know, whether it's wrestling cards or whether it's Peyton Manning, but somebody that you've got that attachment to, whether it's they played for the team you like, or, you know, that you've got that nostalgia connection or something like that. It's just a lot easier to invest that money and not be worried about, you know, what, what's it doing today or what do I think it's going to do in six months? Um, and you'll, you'll have a better experience in the hobby. And when you look at your cards, you're looking at them and you're, proud of them. And, you know, I've got cards right over here that I can turn and look at that's wrestling and Peyton Manning. And I'm like, you know, I love looking at that every single day. You know, if I just threw a card up there of Josh Allen or something like that, and I'm staring at it going, oh, you know, I hope he plays well this week, or I hope he doesn't get injured or, you know, that whole sort that whole sort of thing. It's just, um, you can't put all your hard earned money and just hope something is going to happen because a lot of times that, that really doesn't end well. So that would be my piece of advice to everybody is just find something you like. And if it's different than what everybody else like, like that's okay. You know, and eventually someone will, you'll probably find out there's a lot more people that like it that maybe just weren't telling everybody that they liked it. You know, they're kind of keeping it, they're really keeping it on the down low. Like I talked to uh, someone last week and he's been amassing this huge collection of wrestling cards. And at some point he's going to share all of them. Um, so there's a lot of people I think that are operating behind the scenes. So just because you're, it's different than what everybody else is doing. Don't feel like you're the lone wolf and you're the only one that's doing it, you know, and, and, and don't be afraid to reach out, um, you know, because there may be a community of collectors that are just like you. I love it. Wise words. Hope is not a strategy. And if you're not playing the 
the player stock market game, I promise you it's a lot less stressful. It's more, more enjoyable, less stressful. Drake, uh, tons of good stuff. We'll have you back on soon. Thanks so much for sharing your knowledge and your cards. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely, Brett. Thanks for having me. I thought there was a lot of insight and a lot of passion in this one. Drake gave you some good information. Got a little card talk in there, talking some cards, talking some specifics. I know you all like it when we're doing that. Hit that subscribe button if you like what I'm doing over here. Tell a friend. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More stacking slabs next week. 